Oh, hello once again. It's everyone's favorite day of the week. Monday. <laughs> which means it's everyone's favorite podcast. Slow your roll. It's, a, it's I was about to say, April, June 20th, Jeez, 2022. Uh, I am Jesse Caulfield, writer for the Yakuza Report. Uh, that's Dominic Lorenzano, uh, host of the show, local nice guy. Uh, I don't know. Broadcaster. Sure. Out of, okay. out of BevCam. Uh, okay, sure. <laughs> Uh, and we're here with special guests once again, Brian Salem. Yeah, we got Brian Salem back in the house. First time in a couple of weeks, it seems. Howdy. <laughs> yeah, and today... I know, I know you're very angry about the Bruins. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like most, a, like a most Bruins us. fans. Yeah. <laughs> well, today we're going to talk a little more Bruins. A little, I mean, some hockey. Uh, we're going to talk... We're obviously going to talk the elephant in the room. Uh, the Celtics didn't pull through. We're going we're gonna to dissect that. Also, we're going to talk drama on the football field mm-hmm. and in the locker room, and we're going to talk drama on the the Twitter and the internet. And the and actual sports media world itself. Yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a feud going on between two of the giants in sports media. Yeah, but it's a pretty it's a pretty packed show. We have even more than that for you, so I'm actually just going to turn it right over to you, Dom, All so right. you can Well, thank get you very much. So, the Celtics end up falling to the Golden State Warriors, and you know how it is. In the finals and big games, you expect your best players to be at their best, especially if they're what you call, quote-unquote, the guy. So, Jason Tatum was not quite that good in these finals, and everyone in Boston is getting on him, and I get why. He's supposed to be the guy, the one, and he really didn't show up for a lot of the games. Even the games he scored points on, it seemed like he would disappear in the second half. And I want to start with this. He is only 24, and everyone remember LeBron against Dallas in the finals when LeBron was young? He was an absolute tire fire. It was a mess. And nobody cares about that years later. So maybe the moment was too big for him. I don't want to... There's so many people who are on the train now of... Well, Jason Tatum's just super talented, but he's a two. He can't be a one. He can't be the guy. And I don't want to go that far yet. However, though, I will say something that is extremely concerning and what concerned me with Tatum, and it's not a Tatum problem. It is actually an NBA problem. The culture of basketball in the NBA, to me now, is producing, in general, guys who aren't emotionally capable of being the number one. The coddling that goes on in basketball these days is producing the NBA is full of guys who are talented enough to drop 30 points on every given night, but it seems like no one is ready to step up and be that guy. Right now, we're in the age that LeBron is moving out. Who is going to take the court the torch? Jimmy Butler seems like the only guy that you can really point to right now in the league who I feel like seems like that foxhole guy. When things are going wrong, it's Jimmy Butler who takes You give the ball to Butler, and Butler figures it out. Butler plays his best in big games, his best in playoffs. The only other two who I think that the league is looking at to take the spot of LeBron, and you can clearly point to them as being that blue-chip guy on their teams, are Giannis and Luka Doncic. Now, Luka hasn't done it yet. Giannis has, at least. And I don't think that's a coincidence, by the way, that both Luka and Giannis come from the international front, not in America. The culture of basketball, it was always about the superstar, the entitled star. It's gotten 
so much worse though as sports have gotten bigger and all this stuff has started at a younger age with the AU teams from the time these kids are eight nine years old they're getting coddled and told they're going to be the best in high school I mean I'm not going to name names but even at Beverly High we had someone who transferred out to go to a different school um, in his senior year even at the high school level the coddling has already started. These guys are told how amazing they are. No one wants to upset the superstar. They don't want them to transfer away from your school or your team or a your AU team. So everyone walks on eggshells. No one gets challenged, and they're just coddled. And in college now, one year, one and done. That's it. It's not like they have to go through the four years that they used to have to before. I think the NBA has a culture problem, and it's why a lot of these teams are filled with guys who are super talented, but not a lot of teams have that number one guy, that one who rises to the occasion when all the chips are pressed to the middle of the table. There's not many of them you can point to in this league right now. You're hoping maybe John Morant. Look at Andrew Wiggins. He was a number one pick. He couldn't be the guy in Minnesota. But he's super helpful in Golden State where he can be a two or a three. So I think the NBA is filled with guys like that. And that is the one thing that is worrying me with Tatum. It seems like Tatum could be another one of those. And there's a difference between maybe you're not playing well, but you're still taking the shots, but you're just not playing well. Tatum at times seemed to almost doubt himself so much that he would stop taking shots and want to give and pass the ball to other people. He would stop shooting. I mean, I think multiple times in the fourth quarter in this series, he only took two or three shots. Wasn't driving. He was always looking to kick out afterwards. Wasn't trying to create. So I think there's a culture problem in the NBA. I think it's not a, sh- it's not a coincidence that Giannis and Luka are really the main guys that you look at as that next passing the torch because they're on the international front. And I'm worried that Tatum could be just part of a larger NBA problem. So before we get into the, the rest of the Celtics Warriors talks, I want you guys' reaction on just that. I mean, uh, I think it was going into the finals, like the in-between after they beat the Heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tatum was asked about like being a superstar in the league and what and he said, like, I don't think I'm a superstar and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I want to know, do you like that answer? Absolutely not. Really? I did not like that answer. I liked it at the time. I mean, I feel less good about it now based on like, oh, yeah, maybe you aren't, buddy. Maybe you knew something we didn't. Um, But, I mean, I certainly like, because I feel the NBA also has a problem of they're they're all think they're just awesome and the man and stuff like that, especially if you're, even if you're not an actual number one. Okay. I mean, you, th- you could be. Yeah. But they think they're the man, but what I'm saying is is because they've been so coddled from a young age, once the going gets tough, these guys, a lot of them fold. Yeah. They're not Jordan. They're not LeBron. They're not Magic. They're not these so classic do you want, number one guys we always thought of. Do you want Tatum to be an a-hole? A little bit, yeah. Honestly, I'm okay with that. Wait, so so I'm really, really glad you just mentioned that. Because, to your point, I do like that modesty, right, and that sort of humble attitude where you're, you know, you're coming up on the big stage and they're asking you, do you think you're a superstar? You kind of just shrug it off and just, you know, we're no, we're just, 
We're here to focus on Golden State. But at the same time... He didn't say focus on Golden State. He said he sometimes doubted himself about whether he could be the superstar. Well, regardless. <laughs> if you think about certain guys, like, and, and I'm not saying he's, you know, in this air yet. No. But a guy like Bird or a guy like Jordan or a guy like Kobe... If someone asked them, do you think you're a superstar? They would have went, hell yeah. 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 And they knew it because they knew they had that killer instinct, that sort of assassin gene, and if you, where they could drop 40 if you really needed it because mm-hmm. everyone else was gone cold. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, that's what worries me about him is and that it, he doesn't have that gene and it like, where he can smell the blood. Like, I, se- I sense that way more out of uh, Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, it was game five. Uh, I mean, for the whole first half. How long did it take him to take a shot in that game? Like it took. It was. It took a while. It was a long time, um, and like even longer to score points. But in the second half, when the Celtics started to come back, and I think they even did. They even have the lead at one point, like by one point in game five, or did they just tie it? No, they did have the lead. And no, Pool hit that that uh, big shot. Yes. Okay. Um, but anyway, during that whole run where the Celtics were coming back and even took the lead. Tatum was hitting a couple shots. And then yeah. Poole hit that one shot. And yeah, that took the whole that took the whole Celtics team out. Yeah. But like Tatum was leading that charge he and he especially then I don't remember him taking a shot after that. Mm-hmm. It went back to giving the ball to Jalen Brown and him trying to force it to the the mm-hmm. rim. Yes. And and you know, again, if he had just played poorly Sometimes, especially in the second half, but he had been willing to go in there and take the shots and, and drive to the basket and all this kind of stuff and put it on himself. And he just he didn't have it that day. He was missing. I would be less concerned. The problem is, is mixed with the overall culture of the NBA that I'm seeing going on now where LeBron feels like it's been time for the pass the torch for a while. And it seems like there's nobody else there. And so many teams seem to be searching for that number one guy and no one's ever able to find it. Mix that with Tatum's comments and then Tatum's actual play, which isn't just missing shots. It's an unwillingness to take them sometimes, it seemed like, in the second half, in crunch time and in the fourth quarter. You mix all those three together to me, that's what makes me concerned. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, he certainly, like, he did not show up. I don't I, I don't think he was the best Celtic in any in any six of these finals games. I don't think so either. Um, I can't remember like a single time where like he was really hot for an extended period of time, more than like a couple minutes, really. I mean, maybe a, a, a half of a quarter. Game two, I think he dropped twenty-one points in the first half, and that was it. Uh, that and like, well, and they ended up getting blown out anyway. Yeah, and, and I mean, here's the thing, and also Curry had one bad game. Yeah. Um, but like he didn't turn the ball over. No, he didn't mess up really. He just he was just missing shots that night. He was yeah. just missing threes, which was right after I said Curry's not going to have a bad game in this series. I know, but whatever. But also, um, what what did Curry do the game before, and what was a must win game for Golden? And State? then what did he do in the game after? Okay, but, I'm, but no, I'm just hus- saying I'm just the, saying Curry responded to it also. Oh, the oh, 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 okay, yes, he did. But I'm saying in the must win game, Curry dropped forty points. Yeah. Guys in the NBA aren't doing that right not, now in the must-win games. He's not a Steph Curry. He's not. 
He's not he's not a LeBron. And I don't want him to be a LeBron. I certainly don't want him to be a LeBron. I would love a Steph Curry out of him. But he's yes. A not that shooter. Um and I mean here's the thing. Steph's not a real loud guy. No, he's not. He's been maybe the past couple years more, because you know, you got that you've been there, you've done that mm-hmm. attitude. Um and he wanted that he wanted that fourth ring. Mm-hmm. Um but uh Steph Curry was never a loud guy. But what do you think about the other thing too? What I'm trying to tie this into that I don't think it's a coincidence that the guys that maybe we look at as the best guys in the NBA, and the guys you point to and you say they are that guy, other than Jimmy Butler, who's older now anyway, he's not young, are two international players. Do you Giannis think Joel Embiid is that guy? And Lucas. Did you list him? Mm, I don't Kawhi know. Leonard. See that guy? No, Kawhi's not that guy. He really? Used to be. Kawhi, no, I think, Kawhi, I think Kawhi, he, used to he was be. in Toronto. Kawhi was that guy for one playoff run. Okay. You think Kyrie Irving is that guy? Absolutely not. No. Well, do you think without his attitude, he's that guy? He uh, okay. he was clutch. He, okay, I will give you that. You think Durant's that guy? No, Kevin's not. Two time uh, Finals MVP is that when guy? he had when he had Steph and Clay and Draymond. Um, so no, could be. I I agree with you. Kyrie at least has that mentality um, when he's on the floor. Embiid, you know what? Actually, I, 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 you know what? I will say maybe Embiid does, just because Embiid was really beat up this playoffs, and he was still having games when he was dropping mad points and single-handedly keeping his 76ers in it. So you know what? I'll actually give you maybe Embiid. Now, we, he might not be good enough to win a title, but that's not even what this is really about. Maybe you're not, you're just at the end of the day, you're not quite good enough to win the title, or you're never with an organization that's good enough to win the title. But the point is, is that you are the number one guy, and in big situations, you at least usually step up and take the lead and take the charge. And the NBA is not full of guys like that. Wiggins couldn't be that guy in Minnesota, but clearly he's talented and balls out in Golden State when he doesn't have to be the pressure of being that. But there's not many of those guys right now in the NBA, and I do think it starts young. I think it's the culture of AU. I think it's the coddling that goes on in basketball, and I don't think it's a coincidence that the guys that we look at right now as maybe the next step for the younger guys are two international players in Luka Doncic and Giannis. I don't think that's a coincidence. Mm. So, Do you think Ben Simmons is that guy? Uh, oh, <laughs> Ben Simmons is, uh, is, is an embodiment of the cultural problem that I am talking about. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, but does anyone, have, mean, does anyone have a retort to the international thing? The, the overall NBA thing and why I don't think it's a coincidence that the guys that I'm talking about who seem to be the next to the plate, are two international players. No, I totally agree with it. I think the whole system over here, the way kids are brought up Mm -hmm. to play this game is so far beyond broken. Yeah, it's super, super caught up. It's it's almost uh, irreparable. It is. You see it in the NBA, and it trickles all the way down. You can't can't upset the players. They'll transfer somewhere. (laughs) You can't upset their parents. They'll go somewhere else. And and it's it's breeding a lot of guys who just can't handle adversity, in my opinion. Hmm. I, so I think I think we're good on that. I'll turn it over to you, Jesse, for rapid fire news before we get into the Celtics and Warriors uh, more in depth. Thank you. No problem. All right, it's time for the headlines. All right, I don't know if you've heard. <laughs> Warriors won the NBA Finals in game in six games over the Celtics. Hmm. Uh, the Celtics did not show up in Game Six. We'll talk about that in a minute. Speaking of finals, the Avalanche mm. have steamrolled 
the Lightning, it seems, over games one and two, uh, they lead to nothing in the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, goes back to Tampa Bay tonight. So we'll see if they can respond. Uh, since we've been here, uh, Bruce Cassidy news, he was hired by the Vegas Golden Knights to be their head coach. So less than a week, Bruce Cassidy had another job. Um, speaking of coaching hirings, uh, John Tortorella is back in the NHL. That crazy bastard is going to coach the Philadelphia Flyers. Is there a more perfect place for that guy? Uh, it depends on what you mean. Is the hockey going to get better? Oh, absolutely not. No, is the I, entertainment going to be at an all-time yes, high? Yes. Oh, you bet your ass oh it's going to be. Oh, my God. He embodies Philadelphia. <laughs> he does, and that mess of a team is going to be a bigger mess, I feel, with him. Not to say like he can be a good coach. I just feel like that team is too much of a mess, and his style is going to be hilarious to do, watch. Do you not think it's going to inspire people to play, though? No, I think it's going to make them all want to retire. Okay. I, I, I bet there's an absurd amount of the fan base down there that loves this. Oh, I bet. It, because pe- Yet at people the same from- time, there's fans down there that will never love anything. Well, because they're all as crazy as he is. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That is true. Actually, you know where he's from? Boston. Is he really? He's from Boston. He is from Rats. Boston, actually. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, another bit of actually head coaching news. Peter DeBoer, the former head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, was hired by the... Dallas Stars. All right, some local news. Matt Fitzpatrick won the U.S. Open on Sunday. Mm. Who? I don't know. Uh, At the Country Club in Brookline, which is our nation's first country club. That's why it's just called the Country Club. Uh I learned that fun fact from my dad. Happy Father's Day. (laughs) Uh, And finally, the Red Sox this week, they went 4-2 and with two series victories over the Oakland A's. And the St. Louis Cardinals over the weekend, mm-hmm. where they also honored Albert Pujols. Yes. David yes. Ortiz was in town. Yes, he was. So, and that has been Rapid Fire News. Nice. Right. And with that, uh, we're going to get right into, back into the Celtics mm. with the NBA Finals. Yes. And what a disappointment those last two games were for the Celtics. Uh, I don't remember exactly what we said. Mm. Uh, did we both say they were going to lose? That game? Yes. Okay. I'm pretty sure that we both said that. Um, and to be honest, it was in the most lamest fashion I've ever seen. That was one of the worst basketball games I've seen in a long time. Because uh, I both teams were bad. Both teams wanted to lose the game. Uh, but the, uh, the Celtics just didn't want to win anything at that point. And for the I, last I, two I, games... Are you talking about the final game or are you talking about game five, the one that we watched? Five mostly, but like okay. also then they... the. Warriors cleaned it up, and then the Celtics just kept that train rolling. Of turnovers. Yep. Uh, I saw a tweet. I don't remember who put the tweet out. Uh, and it said, like, might as well just go for a, a record and just get, like, 30 turnovers. Because <laughs> um, it was it was bad. They didn't clean up anything. It got worse and worse, seemingly, as it went on. Mm-hmm. There was a tiny run at the end, the very end, when it was way too late mm-hmm. in Game 6. Um and honestly, being in Boston, seeing all those Celtics fans leave the Garden was pretty funny. Seeing all those sad Celtics fans. Um, but don't worry. Uh, I kept telling them, Celtics in nine. Celtics in nine. But uh, does anyone... We, was anyone surprised by those last two games? I frankly was by how bad it was consistently. But was anyone surprised that they t- laid a total egg in those last two games, Brian? I mean... <clears throat> 
yes and no. And the only reason I say no, or, uh, yeah, the only reason I say no is because the one of the biggest X factors for me uh, going into this series was the fact that Golden State had been there and done this what feels like a million times now in a very short span of time. There was not a single person on the Celtics who had played in a final series. So right there, right off the bat, you got to know that that's going to factor in, right? Well, your veteran leader, Al Horford, yeah, was never in a final. Never in a final. (laughs) Veteran leader, Al Horford. To be Um, honest, he was their best player in the final. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, good on Al. I mean, he he also would seem to be the best player consistently in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I'll say that. And, Um, like, to go along with that, too, I think there's, like, a psychological thing that goes along with playing Golden State. Like, like what happened to a lot of teams that would play the Patriots when it was Brady and Bill. You know, they would come to Foxborough and go, crap, we really got to deal with these two this week. We're screwed. Or, and or, as soon as they would get up on you real quick, that's it. You just start abandoning would, your game plan and hope that anything will work. I think yeah. part of that kind of happened to the Celtics in this series. The other thing, too, is that what it would do is if when you got a lead, you would get super tight and, like, we just got to hold on. Yep. We just got to hold on. TBS, <laughs> tight booty syndrome. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, I mean, listen, I wasn't completely shocked with what went on. To me, uh, I was shocked by how competitive it was to start the series. I want to I want to smile and gloat for a second, but not gloat completely. I, I want your take. How, how much credit? Where where am I kind of right on the series? What what do you think? I mean, you said in five. I did say in five. I said maybe you, six. And you got the you you said that like it was gonna be pretty much a Golden State series. I didn't say it was gonna be blowout. I said I don't think it'll be wildly competitive. Yeah, and, and and they won three straight at the end, and the last two games were not very competitive. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, you sixty percent. You just missed the games, but like that's the thing about the, like the games. It's like it's like, no one ever picks four. Yeah, people usually pick, pick six and seven. Mm-hmm. You're always you're pretty bold for even going for five. I was bold. I was bold. Um, <laughs> and the thing is, like, I don't know. I don't know exactly how to say this, but like. Like, because it was very competitive at first. Game two was not that competitive. Um, yeah. But it, it seems like in game four, the Celtics had a moment where, like, they thought they could really, oh, we're going to do this. And then Golden State does what they mm-hmm. can do. And then they couldn't recover. It's like, oh, man, we gave them our best shot. And they, they took it and they gave it right back. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say you were. I'll give, I'm gonna give you 50% because you just missed the games. You're close, and like you got like almost. Fi- I mean, I guess you could say 50% of the series was also totally dominated by Golden State. And other than that fourth quarter in Game One, was it really ever dominated by the Celtics? Not really. No, I don't think so. No, no, not at all. And and most of Golden State's games that they won, they kind of dominated. Other than the come from behind game in Game Four, which was the most important one and the one that turned the tide. They dominated. In the end of Game Five, but they were also very bad. Yeah, they were. They both, but they both just played ugly basketball. Yeah, but they dominated the fourth quarter 
of game five. I mean, yeah. how, how much do you really have to dominate, though, when the team you're playing turns the ball over like uh, a million times a well, game? Well, that's the other thing. That's that's the thing that worried me about the Celtics coming into this series, too. I didn't think they'd be able to shut down all of the Golden State firepower. And the problem was, is when they go bad offensively, it's not just the Celtics missing shots. They turn the ball over at a ridiculous rate. And by the way, I'm glad we're getting into this. So what do the Celtics need to improve upon? I think the most obvious one, right, other than clearly, clearly the lack of experience played huge in this series. But the other one is Boston doesn't have a true point guard. They don't. Tatum is actually not an elite ball handler. Tatum would be a lot better if he could play off the ball. Jalen Brown is a decent ball handler, but again, he doesn't facilitate offense. Ed Marcus Smart is Marcus Smart. <laughs> and yeah. Brian, I'll let you get into that after I say that right now. To me, that's one of the biggest issues, though, if not the biggest, is they don't have a true point guard to run this offense. My whole thing with Marcus Smart, and we talked about this real quick last night, mm-hmm. is that like you're not that guy. Okay, You're not Bird. You're not. You're not one of the greatest shooters of all time. Stop playing this. Chuck the ball up from twenty-eight, from thirty-four, from forty-five. You know, and just turning around, walking away. Like you're Steph Curry, and it's going to be nothing but net. You're a great. You're an otherworldly defender. Take a handful of shots a game. Play defense. And just facilitate when when it becomes your responsibility to facilitate. Mm-hmm. You, you're you're a role player, dude. I'm sorry. You're a great defender, and and it was it's it's a key to the team's success. But outside of that, you're a role player. He is, and the problem is 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 right now he seems like, in general, he's the Celtics' third option when it comes to scoring, and he shouldn't be the third option. He should be lower down the line than that. Either if Marcus Smart's your third option on the offense, right? Your first two guys have to be elite offensive players and particularly probably elite three-point shooters just with how the game of the NBA works now, right? With all the threes that people take and hit. So you need to be able to shoot the three well. So if if Marcus Smart's your third option on the offense, the first two guys have got to be real good three-point shooters. And they're not. Let's say that Brooklyn, right... Just humor me now. Let's say that Kyrie's not a head case, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And Kevin Durant's legacy doesn't get tarnished now by the fact that Golden State just won another one without him. Suck on that. Um, if if Brooklyn had a guy like Marcus, Marcus Smart, Smart, that'd be a game changer. No, it totally mm, would. It's one of the reasons why I because thought- on a team like that. He would know his role. Exactly. And, and it's actually one of the reasons I thought Ben Simmons would have been a great fit for Brooklyn if he actually would have actually played. Because he really sort of would play defense. Um, except Ben Simmons doesn't want to play. But yeah, Marcus Smart needs to just... He, sh- he should be a fourth option on the offense. And let him be the outrageously great defender he always is. The other thing that annoyed me about Marcus Smart in the series was the flopping around trying to get fouls. Well, that's his game. And, and and I'm not advocating for that. Absolutely, <laughs> that's 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 my biggest gripe I, with that sport. But, I, I I don't want to watch anything where a player can look at the ref and go, he breathed on me. <laughs> yeah, go shoot three at the line. But remember that game against Jordan Poole when he's called for the offensive foul. Yes, smart. Yep. and he flipped out 
he was he went into the tank after that. That's when Golden State went on the eight point run. So Poole hits the shot. Marcus Smart gets mad, gets a technical. They hit another free throw. Then Marcus Smart turns the ball over right after that, and he's and again about another another call he doesn't get. It was an eight point swing just from that point on in that game. So, all right, Jesse, my turn to complain about him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's not too much I can really add to that. It doesn't have to be Marcus Smart. It has to be, in general, what do the Celtics need? What's the What do they need? What are they missing in order to get over the hump? Mm, I, I I actually, I would love a guy like Marcus Smart to leave. I think one of the worst things about him is his attitude. Mm. Um, because, like, he, for a long time, uh, when Brad Stevens was the head coach, like, he, for some reason, thought he could be the superstar over Jason Tatum. Now, you know, there's a debate, is Jason Tatum a superstar? But he's definitely closer than Marcus Smart. Yeah, he, and he's the best and, player on the team. And I don't know what Marcus Smart was thinking. I don't know if he thought great defense is the sexiest thing in the NBA and it wins championships, um, but you might be thinking of the wrong sport. Uh, but, like, you also, you say you, they want a better distributor of the ball. They really want that to be Tatum. I think he... It comes back to kind of what you said in the opening. He needs more confidence because that that I mean that really can breed everything. A better and, shot. He's like just I I have this. I'm confident with this ball in my hand and what I'm going to do okay. with it is. But I don't think. But I don't think Tatum is a ball handler like that. I want it in his hands when he is looking to score. But I actually think Jason Tatum's game is better off ball. You 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 want him to be the get him the ball guy. Yeah. Not yeah. not bring the ball up. Run the offense. Assists. Why do you think they want him to be the facilitator? Because they don't have anybody else. I don't think. Okay. And I don't think it's it's not trying to make him a leader. No, I don't think so. I think they truly just don't have a true point guard. I mean, isn't it? And so sometimes it was Smart bringing up the ball. Sometimes it was Brown, and sometimes it was Tatum. But all three of them are not true point guards, and it's part of the reason why the Celtics turn the ball over so damn much. Isn't it sort of like if an NFL team has like a high draft pick, right? Like top five, right? Let's just say. And they can say, okay, well, we can draft for need, or we can just draft the best available mm-hmm. player on the board. Mm-hmm. And he's such a high pick, it'll probably work out, right? The, I, I mean, there's got to be a similar sort of rationale that goes into why the team wants Tatum to be the facilitator. It's like, yeah. okay, well, he's the best player on the team. Ergo, he should be the facilitator where he can, you know, you can run the offense through him mm-hmm. and he should be good enough. Or we think he is good enough to where we trust that he's always going to make the right decision. That's no, but he's, he's not that guy. No, he's he's off ball. Put him off. Yeah, exactly. Have him play off ball. Have someone else facilitate, and just have Tatum's only objective be get ball, put ball in hoop. Don't turn ball over. Yeah, on the offensive side, I agree that that should be Tatum's thing. And it's not like we're saying Tatum is a one-trick pony. He plays on the defensive side elite-wise. But when it comes to the offense, he should be off-ball. And when he has the ball in his hands, his only thought really should be about scoring. Everybody else should have different roles in that. And I don't, I don't think Tatum is an elite ball handler. I think he's one of the main reasons they turn the ball over so much. Do you think this played a role in him not taking shots? It might have because there's too much on his plate. Or I mean, at were, the very and, least, and they were of, asking him to do something that he actually probably shouldn't be doing. And when you're failing at that, it's gonna, you know, bleed through the, all the other aspects of your game too. Okay. Yeah. So I I think they need a true point guard. All right. So the last part with the Celtics Warriors series, where does this put Steph all time, guys? 
Is he top 10? And does it change? How much does it change Steph's legacy? And how much does it change Durant's legacy, in your opinion? Jesse, I'm going to let you start. Honestly. Because everyone knows my opinion on this. Honestly, I don't think it changes Durant's at all. Because I feel like most people at this point forget Durant even has a legacy. Like, people don't really care that he won two finals MVPs. Like, when when we talked about uh, a couple months ago, like when he came out and said, like, Golden State and um, the Thunder have to uh, retire my number. And it's like, I think this guy senses that. People are forgetting about him? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That he's being forgotten to time. Mm-hmm. Um, and like he, just who he is as a person and his game and um, what he's actually done in his career. Uh, it's just, eh, it's, it's, it's not that, it's not just that legacy driven as people think. Mm. But with Steph, um, I know this is, I don't know, this is a weird way to say it, only his fourth. But I'm surprised he didn't win a finals MVP before. And I know Durant won two of them. Um, but, like, I was like, oh, this is his first finals MVP. So, I mean, I think that, like, obviously really helps. And, like, you know, four, four championships, uh, no matter what sport you're playing, like, that's 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 pretty insane. Um, In the era of LeBron. And, and, like, he really was, like, he was obviously the best player through the series who won the MVP. But, like, he was involved in... In pretty much every game, even that game, he had a bad game. Like I said earlier, like he wasn't making mistakes. Like this was his series. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't really have Clay that much. He, Until the end. Yeah, Draymond was all over the place. Yeah. Um, the team caught up, caught up with him at the end of the series, but Steph was the one who was keeping them alive in the first yeah th- four games. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I think this could maybe do a lot for him in remembering him and where does he rank all time i don't know if i want to say top 10 i mean we've talked about it before i say yeah probably um where on that list i don't know man um maybe one day i'll make up that list okay um but i mean this will definitely do a lot for his legacy Mm -hmm. uh in conclusion brian uh he's top 10 Mm -hmm. i wouldn't put him in my top five though i mean probably not are you going to mention him with, like, Wilt and Jordan and Kareem and Bird and all those guys? No. Probably not quite. No. Probably not. No. But, but he's, he's definitely top ten. top ten. And Scal. Steph. It, yeah, I know. <laughs> Scal. Calfrini. I know. But uh, That's your true zero right there. <laughs> he's that good. Uh, Steph. Steph's a bad son of a mother, though. Do you think he was top ten in your list before this MVP finals though and and this other championship uh, his second one without Durant no okay no. so it's it's a game changer it's been a game changer yes okay it is how especially about- because of how he was able to rebound the rest of the series after going oh for what oh I don't know yeah in game, exactly in game, yeah in game five yeah oh yeah he was terrible in game five <laughs> so but- I mean as far as Durant's legacy goes dude you're ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. What a joke that guy is! <laughs> I, I, I mean, like I said, I really think it hurts Kevin. Um, because, it's true. I mean, because just man. one, it's just one that Steph had without him. It's like eh, it's only one. You know, he lost the very next year before I got there. But now, with all of them being in their thirties, all coming off injury, and Steph still gets another ring. And without the way, KD, right, the way like, that they like the way the rest of the team around him played. Mm-hmm. 
for most of that series. Like we were saying, Draymond was all over the place. How long did it take for the ghost of Clay Thompson to get resurrected? Yeah, it took a while. Exactly. Jordan, Jordan Poole was getting completely shut down by Marcus Smart whenever he was on the floor until the very end. Right, and it took it took a couple of adjustments for uh, for Wiggins to come out of nowhere and just start mm-hmm. lighting the floor up. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, his legacy was kind of really screwed mm-hmm. as soon as he left OKC, I think, because you can't be on a team with guys like Harden and Westbrook and not win a title. I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like I feel like as Harden Westbrook's career has gone on, as it's gone on, maybe it's, you give Durant a little of a pass, right? But, but it's just but the back, fact that Durant's back, getting back, swept out of the playoffs. But now. back then they weren't all psychos. True, they weren't like they are now. Yeah, but they weren't ever winners. Yeah. No, but they were. They were one of those teams that was right there every year and just couldn't get over. Yeah, no, I I get your point. And then you go to Golden State, you win finally. You leave because you think you're the guy, and then you go to Brooklyn with Kyrie, and you don't do anything. They Have they won one playoff series, I think, since he got to Brooklyn, right? Not this year. They won well, one they last year. they beat the Celtics? Yeah. The year before. So they won one playoff series, and they, they're they the only team who got swept in the playoffs this year. By the Celtics. Yes. Isn't it hilarious that this finals were the teams that both Durant and Kyrie left? Yeah, literally yeah, just two that. years before. Like yep. that's hilarious. You should never be mentioned. And again, I, I, LeBron annoys the crap out of me all the time. I think that but was, you should never be mentioned in the same thing with LeBron if both of your teams have made the finals just two years removed from you leaving. Like that right there. Like, should say everything about those two guys' legacies. Like say what you want, but like when LeBron leaves places, they go into the tank for a while. But he he, he wrecks it. He didn't really. He didn't wreck Cleveland the first time. He didn't have that much power yet. I, I guess. Miami, and he didn't really wreck Miami either. Miami kind of got old. Eh. They, they kind of did. All right. I think we're good. I think we're good on this, guys. We're going to take a quick break now before we get into some hockey talk, Stanley Cup Finals, and the Bruins. Stick with us, guys. One finals to another. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Stanley Cup finals. You know, the finals America really cares about. Uh, <laughs> the NHL Stanley Cup finals. Um, featuring a team from the south and a team out west. So it it, it bleeds uh, great sports. Midwest. Uh, I mean, you know, the Western Conference. Yeah. Or, excuse me, um, well, their Pacific Division. Well, geographically speaking. But, uh, the Mountain West. Yes, they are in. Yes. Uh, but this has been, I'll say, I mean, I feel it's still entertaining. One game was not close at all. Uh, you know, the first one I feel was still pretty 
not quite dominated, but controlled by the Avalanche. The Lightning did make it a game. And then the Avalanche won in overtime. And then a 7 nothing beatdown in game two. Uh, and actually, I have a stat about this game, or the, these games. So Andre Vasilevsky, who last week I talked about, is what a great playoff pressure performer, uh, especially when they're facing elimination uh, or have a chance to clinch, excuse me. But in his first two finals games, he let up three goals in the first period. First time in the playoffs he's ever done that for the once, and he did it twice in a row. Mm. So this attack by the Avalanche has been, might I say, an avalanche coming at the lightning. Uh, but game three is tonight. Tampa Bay. What are they going to do? I have no idea. And that's what the great thing about hockey is. However, I kind of feel that this people are jumping on this avalanche bandwagon a little too fast. Now, I have doubts about the lightning and just their all-time legacy and whatnot, but I'll get into that in a second. But I've never seen a team that can totally flip and change their tone, their speed, uh, and just who they are as a team like the Lightning can. Uh, so many times I've seen them, and it even happened last series, the Rangers were the better team, clearly the better team for two games, and I, the Lightning looked like they were in trouble. All Lightning, four straight games pretty much. Uh, every time the Bruins played them in the playoffs, I'm. Uh, it's always the Bruins look pretty Really good game one. Uh, game two, not that great. Usually could go either way. And then all lightning. In this playoffs, uh, they lost game one against Toronto. They uh, changed their game, won that series. They did sweep Florida. They have the Florida Panthers number in the playoffs. But generally, they start slow. They feel them out. They learn their weaknesses. They learn what, what they're, uh, they're really good at. And then they adjust they can change their game seemingly entirely be an entirely different team um unlike anything i've ever seen so don't count them out i did pick the avalanche i'm still sticking with the avalanche looks great right now but don't count them out it's in tampa don't count them out brian i want to ask you do you do you are you counting them out no no i mean they want to still straight have tampa. Cups. i have you? tampa in seven okay okay you have tampa. tampa in seven okay yeah. Uh, what do you think, Brian? What do you think Tampa needs to do better, though? What do they need to adjust? Do they need to beat, other, they, other they, than they, everything? But be need, specific. But do they need to beat the Avalanche up a little bit? I know the Avalanche are fast; they play that speed game. But Tampa can do that too. They can. They're not. They're not as fast though. They are. They have lost a step with no, age. No, 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 no. Adjust, certainly, certainly. Adjusting not. their especially team. if you play that much hockey two straight years in a row. But Toronto, going on three. Yeah. This but, is this is gonna happen. Wasn't isn't Toronto a very similar team to the Avalanche? Uh yes, but the Avalanche are better. I get that because but, but do, what adjustments did they make against Toronto? Uh, I mean. Yeah, they did. They just started to beat them up. That's what I and mean. I mean. They also they do have a similar thing in that the the back end their defense is not as good. But like Toronto's is like bad, bad. And like they the first D pair for for the Avalanche is great. After that, it really falls off of Makar and Taves. Um, but like this Makar is just so good. He can stay on the ice forever. He's people are people are hoisting this kid's name and comparing him to Bobby Orr. So it's it's not quite the same thing. You do need to beat them up more. The problem is you got to catch them. Can you catch these these fast little kids? Um, 
and like you mostly have to like you just gotta they're forcing a lot of things they're i I don't want to say they're panicking because of how good they are and like they're veterans they've all been here like they don't panic but like they are they're getting behind early so they are forcing a lot of things which you know you're gonna have to do when you're behind early but like they need to play they need to simplify their game and i'm sure they'll do that they'll play a safe game tonight they'll make sure the d is back earlier um they'll exit the offensive zone quicker stuff like that they'll probably play a lot more dump and chase game because if you can dump and chase and get in there that's a great way to beat up the opponent mm-hmm. let them get to the puck first and then you just hit them that's a that's a really a lot of what um the hurricanes did to the bruins and you even saw it the defensemen started giving up on pucks like i i'm willing to lose this race because i don't want to get hit um so they you I I think they could do that. It was like I said, you gotta catch them. They're just so fast. Um, but like if they do lose Tampa, like I honestly think they really need to win this one if they want to be remembered. Two in a row is amazing. It's great. But the way they did it, one was in the year they COVID first started, so the season stopped. Um. They had that little weird play-in tournament, and they got some good seating, and they kind of went to the final against the Stars, who no one no one picked at all, and that was a that was, they steamrolled them. And then the next year, they played the Canadians, who were absolutely the worst team to make the finals, possibly ever, since the expansion. I'll go that since the Bruins beat the St. Louis Blues with that famous Bobby Orr picture. Mm. That's since since that team, since that St. Louis Blues team, that's the worst team to make the final since that team because they just stumbled their way there. Um, they played Toronto, who who collapses. They played Winnipeg, who collapses, and they played Vegas, who collapses. Okay, but like the point I'm making here is like if they lose this, they'll be remembered as winning finals in situations where it wasn't real hockey. The playoff structures were different. The whole regular season was different last year. You only played in division, and then when you come to playoff time, like you, you only then finally played other teams. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they took advantage of situations. Not to mention being thirteen million dollars over the cap last year in the in the playoffs because they circumvented the cap with Kucherov and the injured list. But like that's neither here nor there. Um, but like. The legacy is on the line here for the Lightning. Is it? What if? What if they lose, but they lost in seven in a all-time great? I mean, if it's down to the last time, second, you'll be remembered uh, for having being in a great final, and the Avalanche will be remembered as the one who slayed the dragon. And then people will be like, you know, that dragon wasn't that tough. Okay. <laughs> um, I think that's how it'll be. Oh, really? If you really think about it, that dragon wasn't that tough. Okay. Brian, um, do you have a do you have any counters to this? Yeah, he was a softy that dragon. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I think everything you just said, Jesse, is spot on. I mean, to answer the original Thank question, you. Dom, if if like if if what's what's the coach there in Tampa, John Cooper? If I'm John Cooper, my my whole mo tonight is look, we got to slow it down and we got to keep every single play in front of us and absolutely dump and chase and win battles that way because one of the best ways to counter speed is to just beat the bag out of them yeah and Vasilevsky needs to be better because he has been you know for his seven nothing like you can't necessarily blame that on the goalie but like there's been goals where like 
he does a need, very unvasilevsky right he does need to be better and there have been a lot of goals that are unvasilevsky like to your point but what what's one thing that all great goalies are beneficiaries of i mean good defense exactly and when you're constantly turning the puck over or getting beat to the puck and there's guys just skating circles around you. Mm. There's only so much you can do. Your goalie's going to get peppered. And the more he has to stop, the more he's likely to let in. Yes. No, I mean, definitely. And the defense has been, I mean, I'll, I'll call it bad. Uh, but there has been times where, like, you're you're asking your goalie, like, all right, we need a save right here. And he has not. Not come through when he usually does. Um, so I, I mean, a lot of it is. I mean, here's the thing: the offense has been so streaky. You got no goals in the in the second game, and then you were, you had a good push in the first. You didn't do anything in the second, and then you were a good third period team. But the offense is so. I mean, it's it's. I mean, you're 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 really struggling in all three zones here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the offense is dried up. The defense is, I mean, here's the thing. It could be a situation of we're trying to force offense here. And then you were got the uh, defense in uh, an offensive mindset. And it's just, it's really not working. It was like I said, you just simplify the game, slow it down, keep the puck in front of you. And then if we can keep it close, like good things will happen. We're a good team. We're going to get those shots when they're there. And if we just don't get so tired because we're chasing all the time and don't get so frustrated, flustered. Um, why why can't why can't we be the better team? We've been we've been the best team in the NHL for three years, so I think that I think that should be the best. So you go on Tampa tonight? Yes. Okay. Brian, you, do you think Tampa probably wins tonight? I do. Okay. All right. So from that, more hockey talk. Bruce Cassidy parts ways with the Bruins. Well, the Bruins part ways with Bruce Cassidy, and he gets a job. What like seventy two hours later with the Vegas Golden Knights? Good like for it, him. It really didn't take long. Good but for him. We already addressed this last week, so I'm actually going to let Brian start on this because I know, as I'm sure you speak for plenty of Bruins fans who are very annoyed about this. Brian, take it away. I hope Bruce Cassidy goes eighty two and zero, <laughs> and sweeps every playoff series en route to a cup and by some divine miracle Boston is the team that he gets to drag his balls across their face because Sweeney and Neely and Big Jerry and Little Jerry and Charlie Jacobs you you all have it coming I hope he makes fools out of you I cannot I'm so sick of this team I'm so sick of this team and 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 the upper management and the ownership like for years, right? For the last, I don't know how many years, right? We've all bitched and whined and complained and moaned about how bad Red Sox ownership is, about how much they only care about like PR and making, you know, just making their pockets deeper and neglecting the fan experience and all that. You know, we got some of the best homegrown talent in the league. Sorry. Don't yep. pay Say, can't pay you. <laughs> Bye, Mookie. Bye, Xander. We'll see what happens with Devers. Yeah, exactly. Like, the same thing is happening with the Bruins, almost. Like, ownership has lost complete and total interest with the team. Mm-hmm. Complete and total interest. If 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 they were a half-decent ownership group, right, they would have seen that, that Neely and Sweeney were out of line two, three years ago, whenever it was, when in game six 
of the semifinals, Bruce Cassidy, quote unquote, made the conscious decision to start Tukes because he was the veteran and he'd been there and done that. You really going to tell me that Cassidy thought that it was a good idea to start an aging goalie with a bad labrum in a playoff game? Really? No. That came down from the brass. There's no way. Cassidy's smarter than that. Neely and Sweeney aren't. I don't know what's going on I with this know. team. I don't know. Cassidy's not a w- chance taker. He's not a fool either. Uh, sure. Maybe you he's know, not a and, chance and, taker because he knows that he would have been the fall guy. Exactly. Like, he, well, he is, he, he is the fall guy. There, no, he is, is the fall guy. Yeah. That man lost his job for no for no good reason. No good reason at all. And 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 according to Cassidy, Sweeney told him his job was secure. Mm. I did hear that. Mm. You know, like don't give me that hogwash. Well, don't don't you know try to powder his ass so he doesn't cry when the door hits him on the way out. Well, I I kind of think it might have been a case of so he came off a three year nine million dollar contract, mm-hmm. and he's now make gonna make with the Vegas Golden Knights five years twenty two point five million dollars good he's worth it um which an average which is an average of 4.5 uh for five years um so i think they were like yeah we want you to come back because you're 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 a little bit like i wouldn't have minded if they fired him i said last week if everyone was fired it's mm-hmm. like all right we're just starting fresh here if they fired everyone else and kept him i'd be like okay mm-hmm. that's cool we i can't wait for joe sacco or jay leach uh, who's uh, there was a guy they announced as the front runner the other day, and I was just like, Ugh. like I said, it's an old coach of like the Penguins, and it's just like, no. I and I, I, I was looking. All right, it's another fall guy, isn't it? Eventually, it's another guy. It's probably a guy that'll just be like, do what we say. Yeah, do what we say. So I and you said last week it comes down from Jacobs, where he's basically just giving the team the Cam Neely, and whatever happens, happens. Yeah, I mean, like. Of the four Boston teams, I we complain about John Henry a lot. I think Bruins' ownership is by far the worst. The worst. Mm-hmm. Like, at least John Henry clearly goes. We can we complain that how he doesn't really care that much anymore, but he is seen. Mm-hmm. He's present. Mm-hmm. Um, he speaks once in a while. Mm-hmm. Jacobs doesn't do that. Mm. He's never he's never seen at a game. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen them there. So this is an article that June 15th came out by Darren Hartwell mm. on NBC Sports Boston about the five head coaching candidates that the Bruins are set to interview. First one, Jim Montgomery was an assistant for the Blues for the last two seasons, previously served as the Stars head coach from 2018 to 2020, compiling a 60-43-11 and record but being fired midway through the 1920 season. I don't want anyone... Who was associated with Dallas? <laughs> Ever? Actually, they have. They have. They also have a, a a bad ownership situation. Case in point, Jay Leach. We he's got history with the Bruins. He's an AHL guy. Provenance, twenty seventeen to twenty twenty one. That's exactly where they found Bruce. Well, they hope that he's he can connect with these young players. That's where they found and he Bruce. Can, he, they're hoping he can develop their shitty draft picks. <laughs> Medford, Mass. Native Joe Sacco. Wee, he's from he's from Medford. You know what? I think that really shows 
How much do the Bruins, especially the past couple of years, especially since they Don's, love local they guys. They love the local kids. Even with the trades they brought in, Coyle. Yeah, yeah Joe Sacco you, you said from Medford. Charlie Coyle, the East Weymouth they, kid. And it, I wonder if it's just like, it's maybe PR. it's Jacobs. I mean, maybe, here's the thing, maybe it is a little PR, but maybe it's just a, like, I mean, we don't really want to spend that much money on uh, scouting, so we're going to watch local. Which, here's the thing, you are watching some of the best growing up young players in the United States and watching some of the best college hockey in BU, BC, um, even with like the UMasses and um, Providence and all that. But, like, you're 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 relying so hard, like McLaughlin. Like either they none of these kids are superstars. I like Coyle. He's your best of these. This bunch, isn't this isn't college football. No, this isn't like hey, we're the University no. of Texas. We never have to leave the state in it order didn't, to recruit. It didn't work or at Alabama all with Jimmy Hayes. Rest in peace. But like, he was terrible with us. You, uh, you traded away Ryan Donato in a, inside of a month. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. He's been a role guy for other teams. He's been pretty good, but like, it was another. It was, but it, but it was it's another a one local of those, guy that d- didn't pan out. Yeah, he, he honestly, other than Coyle and probably Grizzlick, not even Grizzlick. No, I say Grizzlick's probably better. I mean, they wanted him to be crew white, and he can't even do that. No, hmm. no. So. No, but I, I had I'm, my I'm out on I Grizzly. had my problems with Krug also. Hmm. But next up we have Spencer Carberry. <laughs> Just one year of NHL coaching experience after joining the Toronto Maple Leafs as an assistant. Trying to find the new blood. I mean, the NHL does need to do that. It's just a, it's just musical chairs with all their coaches. They are they are been trying recently with finding new guys. And this is actually I said it's a situation where I want them to play musical chairs. I want them to get Barry Trotz. I know you wanted Trotz. They can't afford him because we'll ownership sucks. I mean, his last contract was four years, twenty million dollars, a little less than Cassidy. Well, that's less than what he's making now, but more than what Boston was paying him. Yeah. Oh, a lot more than what Boston was paying him. So, where uh, was where was Trotz before this? Uh, the New York Islanders. Okay. And he kicked your ass. Yeah. No, here's the thing. That team was, I mean, it was built pretty well. It was built tough. It was built very defensive. Um, and But he made that team a lot better than, he, they made back-to-back uh, Atlantic uh, finals. Yep. Um, and they sh- shouldn't really have been there. Mm. All right. I think we're good. We're going to move on now to what has been an ongoing off-the-field story forever. In a place that always has had bad ownership, it seems, <laughs> and now has two loud quarterbacks, uh, one each for different reasons. I'm actually gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm, I'm gonna have a little bit of a hot take here, guys. Though to start this, I'm sweating. <laughs> Everyone now is is all Barry's an idiot. The Browns are stupid. This was a dumb move to make. I can't believe they did this. Blah blah blah. Now. Would I have given him all the money guaranteed? Probably not. Probably wouldn't have done that. You certainly didn't make yourself any favors in the league office, by the way, too. That's one of the reasons why I think Watson could be suspended the whole season is because all the other owners are going to push for it because they're mad at the Browns. They're mad at them for guaranteeing all that money because that resets the market for quarterbacks, right? So it screws everybody over in the league. 
But I want to defend the Browns at least for a second here. You have been an irrelevant franchise for years. You have a really great roster. You might have the best offensive line in football, two great running backs, a great pass rusher, a very solid defense, and a shutdown corner. So you have the makings of a team that can compete for the Super Bowl, and you've probably had the makings of that for the last two or three years now. So what do you want Barry and ownership to do? Do you want them to just run it back with Baker, even though it seems clear it's not good enough to get the most out of this team? I fully get why they took the huge swing on Watson besides all the other stuff. Could they maybe have done better due diligence and found some of this stuff out? I don't know. I wasn't in the room. Maybe, maybe not. But the Texans weren't going to tell you this kind of stuff because clearly the Texans were enabling and then had to cover some of it up. Watson probably didn't tell them the truth. Watson clearly didn't tell the league office the truth. So I understand why the Browns and Barry made this big of a swing. And at the end of the day, if Deshaun is suspended for this entire season, you'll still have him next year. And he's been part of OTAs. You can simulate gameplay you want in practice as long as he can be there. right? So you'll get him sort of at least as close as possible to in-game reps. And you'll still have him next year. I get why the Browns made this big of a swing on this, and I don't blame them for doing it. Maybe it's not going to pan out. Maybe Barry's going to lose his job in two or three years. But you had to do something. You couldn't let another year of a Super Bowl potential caliber roster go to waste and just running back with a guy who clearly seemed like he wasn't good enough to get you over the hump. I will defend the Browns' ownership for once and the GM Barry on this one. Hmm. I mean, right before he went there, the Browns were out. So mm-hmm. they probably, like, I mean, that guarant- that fully guaranteed was probably the thing where he was like, all right, I'll waive the no trade. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they, I mean, they really, if they wanted him, they probably had to. Maybe. Um, I mean, they definitely had to, no matter what, they were going to have to shell out with a lot of money with that contract. They were. To, ma- to get him to go there. Because, like, it's, it is just Cleveland. Yes. It's a whatever city. It's a bad city. It's a crappy franchise. Um, even if it has the potential to be a really good team, um, he'd have to go share the room with Baker mm-hmm. um, for at least a little while. Um, so I, I, I get if you wanted him, you really had to sell. You had to sell your soul. Um, and at the time, I mean, pretty much everyone was just like, "This will be great." Mm-hmm. Like. He's not going to get that big of a suspension. And suddenly, uh, that end of the story has heated up dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, I don't, how can you blame the Browns for that? You can in hindsight, obviously, but like at that point, everyone's just like, people, oh, they're dumb that they took a swing on a guy that had the 22 cases. And But like at that point, it, it simmered way down. Yes. And then the, it was just like, I mean, no one's going to like, it's just gonna. It's just civil suits at this point. The, the NFL doesn't really seem to care. You know how the media works. It's Captain Hindsight. I mean, the Watson sweepstakes is the exact same thing as Spygate. When you think about it, right? The only difference between the Patriots in 07 and 31 other teams, Pat's got caught doing it. No yeah. one else did. All the teams that wanted Watson, mm-hmm. the Browns just went and got him. Mm. No one else did. Okay, I get what you. I get your point. I get your point. People, other people wanted him too. It's just he landed on the Browns, so now right. now the Browns are the ones right. that we're going to beat up on this. I get your point. I mean, I'm sure a lot of those teams clearly. I mean, they lost for a reason. They whether it just be like, oh, they just 
we don't have that much to give, and I, I or we're still very skeptical. So we're like, we're not even gonna mm-hmm. like we we were in, but like now that we see that price, hell no. I think it was both. Like we're skeptical about what's gonna happen with you, and we don't have that much to give up. And I think the reason Cleveland was so willing to do it, one, they needed they need to do something to be relevant again. They can't do this any longer. Thank you. Right. What do you want Barry and, to do? And they had the capital mm-hmm. to do it, right? Which is probably the only reason that Deshaun was willing to go there. I bet if, say, a third of the league, right? It was to go to the was, terrible was, football was, Hall of Fame was, down the street. If a third of the league, right, was needy enough at, at quarterback. To shell out that much. Well, wait. Not even to shell out that much, right? If a team was needy enough to go get him. I bet a third of those teams, right, say quarterback needy that wanted to go get him and did, I bet half of them wouldn't have to give up what Cleveland had to give up to get him there. Mm. Like, I don't think, say, if Baltimore, right, was going to offer him a contract, I don't think they'd have to offer him 230 fully guaranteed. Probably not. Because it's Baltimore. Or the Steelers. Right, because it's not Cleveland. Steelers are probably the best example because there was rumors because they didn't need a quarterback. But yes, the Steelers probably don't have to give two hundred and thirty million guaranteed to get Watson in the building. And they it's like the Pittsburgh, I, they, it's they, the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? And they inherently have a they're horny for quarterbacks that like getting nebby with women's parts. <laughs> <laughs> that was years ago. <laughs> uh, um, but anyway, do you have now? Nah, you you comment on this. Well, let's let's move on to the second. <laughs> let's move on to the second part of this. The Baker Mayfield stuff. So Cleveland has now come out and said that they will be willing to eat 50% of Baker Mayfield's contract in order to move him. Now, we'll break this down into two things. Do you think they're going to move him? And second, if they didn't move him, do you think Baker would actually be willing to play for Cleveland if Watson got suspended for the whole season? I I want to start out by saying I hope, and I, I firmly believe, at least at this point, that Baker Mayfield is having a great summer. Oh, I think um, I'm sure he's laughing his ass. Yes, off. He, he's, he's he's pointing at everything that's going on. I I told you guys, it's a mess over here. Like Baker kind of looks like the victim now a little bit. And well, here's the thing: I think he should play, but I think he should keep his distance. He's, I think he should still be like, I don't know, guys. Like, like I kind of like that. Like, uh, just will they? Won't they? Like, uh, just play that game, even though in the back of the head, you know, like. Oh, I'm gonna light it up. Baker has this team by the short and curlies right now. He really yes. does. Like they can text him at any given time, come September, and be like, "Hey, can you come in? We're short staffed. Like new phone. Who does? <laughs> like it's like that meme. It's like, hey, we're short staffed now. You're like, damn, that's crazy. Yeah. Good luck though. Exactly. Good luck, exactly. Uh, like, I that, put that on our Instagram page. Like, oh, you did? Yeah, I put that on our Instagram uh, page. Okay. That's You're exactly what he can do. Yeah. Like if, if but, but if, it appears if, it does appear though it, it appears as if Cleveland is still trying to move him right now though which they should which makes well, me actually, think, which makes me think yeah. that even if Watson is suspended the whole year Cleveland knows that it's an absolute toxic mess and they probably should just free their hands of it and they'll maybe just accept not being Here's good next year I think Cleveland should especially if and it's not looking good yeah. if Deshaun gets slapped with a big old suspension let's say let's say it's a year. Mm-hmm. Like I think Cleveland should absolutely just you know drop their trout and I know to, to Baker yep. and just be like like I mean like I'm desperate you're desperate uh, like uh, okay we're thinking different things <laughs> uh, uh, let's just do this thing um, 
you know, for one year. Yeah, just one year. Basically, they're gonna pull a Deshaun when he walks into the massage parlor and just be like, mm, like, let's just. The, neither one of us do are very think, comfortable right now, but like, let's just get this over with. And do you then think we'll do, both get something out of it? Do you think that Baker? You really think that Baker's ego will allow him to play for Cleveland? See, that's actually that's probably his biggest problem. Because <laughs> I think this should be good for him. He certainly shouldn't sit out this year. I don't think you so. Could, you, you can kiss your at least starting quarterback career goodbye if you do not play a snap this year. Mm-hmm. So that's why you should be, I mean, you should be thanking the Lord right now that Deshaun Watson's a terrible monster. Um, because if you didn't get traded, like... You're screwed, buddy. So that's why you should like you should act like I don't know, but like when when the when Cleveland knocks on your massage parlor door and then you open it and they have no pants on, like like you should let them in. You know what I do if I'm Cleveland? <laughs> that's so awful. You know what I do if I'm Cleveland? What? I find the biggest picture of Jesse's face I can find and I put it on a billboard right at the city limits. Keep out. <laughs> Keep me out of Cleveland. You don't have to do that yeah, because yeah. I don't want to I know, go to Cleveland. I know. Whoever wants to get well for $230 million, I bet you would. But like if... if to take if, a flight there and just be like, yep, it sucks. Listen, I've driven through Cleveland multiple times. It's awful. If I'm the Browns, right, this is what I do. I eat half a Baker's salary. I ship his ass out. You do ship him out. To okay. wherever is, whomever is willing to give me the best sixth round pick for him. Fifth if I'm lucky. Yeah. Find some bum quarterback to sign and go like 6 and 11, get like a top 12 pick. <laughs> well, is Keenum. And Ke- then Keenum, Watson will come back next year. Keenum's not still on the team, is he? I don't know, but that's you're even viable. better. You can go 5 and 12. Case? No, you're viable with Case. No, I know. I, I don't think that he is on the team anymore. I don't think he is either, though. I thought Case was gone by now. I thought he went somewhere else. Because if Case is on the team, to me, this you, is you this a, is very simple. Yeah. Because, I mean, Case is a viable Just have him be a game manager. quarterback. Checkdowns and no... I mean, just listen, don't turn took, the ball over. He took over. the Vikings to the NFC Championship game. Yep. I think he I think he could win nine games with the Cleveland roster. I do. Yo, that, that roster, regardless of who's a quarterback, should roll out of bed to eight or nine wins. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. And that's also for why... What the heck? What happened? Ah, I just went... I went, I went mute there for a second. Oh. I don't know what okay? happened. Is it okay now? I think it's good. Okay. All right. Anyway, but and you know, roll out of bed, eight nine wins with that roster. That's why I'm saying, you know, not to circle back to what we already covered, but like, what do you want Barry to do in this situation, man? You can't just run it back with Baker. No, absolutely not. When you're when no. there's not many years left of, of this window that they have, he had to take a big swing. And if Watson plays next year and he's lighting it up and he's fine, we'll all forget about it. I know that's <laughs> how this crap yeah. always works. Oh, oh we, he got suspended a whole year in year five and and five and twelve. Now we're all gonna. Shut up. He'll play the year afterwards. Like everyone's got to lay off Barry a little bit, in my opinion, at least. Mm. Do you think last thing? Do you think Baker's on the market, and they're saying they're going to eat half the salary? Do you think they're doing that simply because they just don't want to deal with the toxicity, or do you think Cleveland knows that he won't play for them anyway? I think it's Cleveland knows at this point that everyone looks at him and goes, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." Mm. Like, yeah, but, but, I, 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 uh, I think no, from Cleveland's, well, that and they want, I'm sure they just well, want to get him out of the they, building. They do. But do you think part of why they, they, they're not caring now is because they, do you think they know, without a doubt, even if Watson suspended the whole year, he's not going to play for them anyway? 
Oh, yeah. So but just I, get I, him out I, of the building now. I think he's made up his mind. Oh, I, I agree. I don't think Baker's ego will allow him to play. A, exactly. And I, I don't I – don't, I wouldn't expect to see him play for the Browns this year. I wouldn't either. Mm. And I would get why he wouldn't. Now, I would tell him if I was his friend, you probably should just suck it up and play for them. But I get it. You bailed on me after I played basically almost the entire season injured. Yep. You bailed on me for a guy with 22 sexual assault civil cases going on. Like, screw you. Bro, be humble. <laughs> I'm just saying, this situation's crazy. It's literally kind of turned Baker Listen, into a little bit of a victim, actually. You can be personally like, people upset. People actually feel a little bad for Mayfield. No, you can be once. personally upset, but you you can't. No, you got to suck it up. Like, cause you you're not you're you're making it harder. You know what, for Baker, them to move you. You know what, Baker, be a man, learn to compartmentalize. Be learn to you know. Comp- now I can't say it. Compartmentalize stuff. Compartmentalize. Right. Stop taking it all so personally. Don't be a chick about it. Compartmentalize. It's business, man. It's business. Get through it for a year. Win nine, ten games. Resurrect your career. Make Cleveland look stupid. And, and you can go get a starting job somewhere else. But I don't think I'll do it. All right. Yo, Baker to San Fran. From, from, one, ego, no. from one egomaniac to another, or others, we're going to talk a little sports media itself for a second here. There is a controversy brewing between Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith. Now, in Stephen A.'s credit, since Skip reacted so harshly to what Stephen A. just said on a the story of how we got to first take on a podcast, J.J. Reddick's podcast. Stephen A. has said, I I respect Skip Bayless. I want to be friends with the man. My comments were never about Skip. They were about the situation and what I was told from the ESPN brass. I have nothing further to comment on. So Stephen A. has tried to stay out of it. Skip Bayless has come out swinging on this, though, saying that Stephen A. Smith has complete fabrication revisionist history of how he got on first take and what the situation was once he got there even claiming that Stephen A was trying to take credit for saving and the rise of first take so I have a lot of things I I, I, I think a lot of things on this the, the one thing is listen this this is what happens with all successful men you know it's an NBA thing too it's why dynasties break up once everyone's successful and made the money, once once that goes on for a few years, eventually we got to start arguing about who gets the most credit. That's what that's what men do, so especially when the Patriots. It really is. It's what it's what men do. It's what successful men always do. This is how it always goes, and this is the situation right now. They're arguing over who should get credit. Turns into a brudgeal swinging contest. It really does. But Jesse, do you have any any thoughts? Whose side are you on more? Oh. I mean, Stephen A. Oh, are you really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm on nobody's side. No, I know. Because, like, this is this is stupid. Heck, I know it's so, it's so stupid, I'm going to use the camera about it. Oh, are you really? Yes. Yes, please do. Okay. Because this is, you know, there's been a lot of, I mean, not just sports media. There's been a lot of controversy about the media for, like, the past decade. But sports media has had it for a different reason it's because they keep sticking their nose into business that like no one wants them to stick their nose into and be a part of things no one wants them to be a part of but like this is probably the dumbest thing i've ever seen in sports media okay because like you have Stephen a who i'm not the biggest fan of just based on like how big of an ego maniac that guy is as a sports analyst mm-hmm. not even an athlete mm-hmm. um and 
like I think he did nothing wrong. Mm. Someone asked him a question and he answered the question mm. and his answer did not seem like combative. No. It they came to me and said, "Hey, like we're trying to take this show to the next level." Mm-hmm. And like that doesn't seem like I mean, that's a little like, "Oh, they came to me about it." I guess if if you want to look at it that way. But he said Skip came to him. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, he didn't say he was like Skip kept crying to me yeah. about like how his show is failing. <laughs> and he needs someone as cool and as handsome and as sexy as me. To really bring in the viewers. Yeah. No, he just said, hey, Skip came to me and says, like, oh, man, we, we've taken the show pretty far, but, like, we're just trying to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. It's basically all he said. And then Skip comes out. Two separate videos, totaling, like, eight <laughs> minutes. Swinging. With <laughs> papers. Several different papers. Excuse me, I need to compose myself. Yeah, he keeps the receipts. I, and as a analyst and as a reporter... You should, but like, not to start beef with your former coworker slash brother, according to Skip Bayless himself in one of these videos. It's just so pathetic. Like, is Skip Bayless this sad about like, and is he finally coming to terms with the fact that nobody gives a damn who he is other than to make fun of him, especially since he left first take? Does people? Does anyone actually watch Undisputed? I think it does pretty well, actually. Really? I think I. I, I don't I, know. I, I would wager. Listen, did, I would wager Undisputed. Jesse, I'm gonna tell you what, Jesse. Wait, I would. I would wager <laughs> Undisputed <laughs> does better than Crap First Take does. Now, I don't think it does. since they kicked out Kellerman. Uh, maybe since they kicked out Kellerman, I yeah. guess. But like, honestly. The only times I ever hear about Undisputed is when Shannon Sharp just says something totally outrageous. <laughs> and like Skip Bayless always says something outrageous, but like Shannon Sharp will just sometimes just be like, Skip, I'm going to tell you something, Skip. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. <laughs> and it's like, that's the only time I ever hear about Undisputed. Like, it, I mean, it certainly, at first, it got trashed because everyone was watching it and it did pick up. Mm-hmm. Like, it's clearly still on for a reason. Somebody watches it. But like, it's just never. I don't know. It's just always been in the shadow. Even if it is more, has more viewers now, I feel like it's still in the shadow. Of first is it take. just me or is Undisputed basically first take just with a bigger, dumber version of Stephen A. Smith sitting across no, from and that's, Skip that's Bayless? No, that's exactly what it is. Wow. Actually, I, I wouldn't call Shannon dumber. I, I think what? Shannon, when Shannon sticks his nose in politics, he pisses me off. But he, but he's really good when he's talking football. He, he is, talking but football. He, he comes off as like a, he's, he's like a really neurotic Shaq. Almost when Shaq talks to Charles Barkley, you know what I mean? Okay, I see what you mean. And, well, like, and, and, and like one out Shaq's eyes is looking at the camera, like, and the other one's looking at a toaster oven he's got something in cooking in the kitchen. And he's just like, I'm going to tell you what. But you know what? I, I, I don't think Shaq's an idiot. I think he's just a goofball and a clumsy dude. Yeah. Like, Shaq's clearly business savvy. All I'm saying savvy. is Shannon Sharp's real good when he's talking football. He is. No, I mean, like, you know, here's the thing. You've heard Aqib Tlaib talk. Yes. I don't know what he says. Yeah. He doesn't strike me as a smart dude. But he's a cornerback, and it was a pretty damn good one at that. Mm-hmm. Like, he clearly understands how to play football, which is like... So does Gronk. Yeah, but he is the thing. Gronk, who we can think is an idiot and, like, acts like an idiot, has just a mind for remembering plays, 
reading routes mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, running the good route and, like, uh, stuff like that. Reading defenses and whatnot. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he just has a mind for something like that. He's a rain man with that. Mm-hmm. Instead of memorizing the phone book, he memorizes the playbook. Mm. Um, that's that could uh, like that can be Shannon Sharp in like football. It could be. <laughs> I think Skip Bayless. I think Skip should have retired after like he finally got Shannon to admit that Brady was the best of all. I time. think this is roid rage. <laughs> like suddenly that man like is like, oh, I'm going to the gym all the time. Look at my arms. Like, and even in that video, I mean, he is hanging with Shannon Sharp. So he's got the tank top on, and it's like, bro, you look like you're 80. Um, but you're like trying to be ripped. Like, I, I would put money on Ed Hockley to tear his head off. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you're right. Those those are some real guns. Yes, Skip Bayless does not have real guns. Um, I I I can see in general a little bit why Skip could be annoyed. But here's he's my a thing. whiny little bitch. He's a whiny little bitch. But anyway, here's my here's my actual defense of Stephen A. Whether Skip says what he says about the ratings is correct or not, I don't know. However, as Stephen A. As Stephen A. everything else Skip says, I'm going to go with not correct. Probably not, but that's not my point. The point is, is even if what Skip says is correct about the ratings, what Stephen A. said in his responses is, I only said what was told to me at the time by the ESPN people. And Stephen A. even mentions on the podcast, you know, it was my best options at the time. ESPN was not about to give me my own show. So it wouldn't put it past me for ESPN to maybe embellish them some things in order to get Stephen A to say yes to going on the show. Particularly if Stephen A was trying to get his own show and ESPN didn't want to do it yet, you could see them being like, well, we really need you because we like what we have here, but, but it's not going as well as we hope. We need you to come in and save it. You know, that makes you feel good. It makes you be like, you know what? I'm going to come in and, and, and be the savior here. Maybe. You know what I mean? So it maybe Skip is right on that, but that doesn't mean that ESPN didn't actually say that to Stephen A, because they might have. The em- yeah. that It's good for the employer to have him be on that show, because they didn't want to give him his own show yet. They wanted him to be on first take. So maybe you say things in order to get him to say yes to be in the role that you, the company, wants him to be in. So I think that there might have been an element of that going on in this, too. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But also, like, this was how many years ago? I know. And Stephen A. was asked a question, and he's trying to tell a quick story. So when he says things like, Skip said this to me, but maybe someone else said it to me, he's just, like, you know, simplifying. Yeah. Skip said something to him. wasn't specifically that, but this was just a big part of a conversation about him going there. So yeah. we just simplified it to his, Skip said this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, like, you know, I... I I think this is Skip Bayless reading so much into a quick story Stephen A. told about how he got on first take. Mm. I think it's a lot of that. And like you're probably maybe you're right. Like one of the reasons he's telling it like this is because from his perspective, that's what that's what Stephen A. was told. Like, bro, that's just what I was told, man. Like, I don't know what's going on. Mm. Like I they said I needed to quote unquote save the show. I mean, he never said save, but he just said, you know, that. He had taken things. They had taken things as far as it could go, and ESPN wanted better ratings at it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, I, I, I just I cannot, I cannot be on the side of Skip here. Oh no, I'm not. Not on only Skip. just like how just the patheticness of that response with his 
He has papers and he's got his glasses and he's just reading it as dramatic and as slow as possible. Um, I, I sent you it, Brian, and you couldn't even get through it. I, I yeah, I texted you back within two minutes. I was like, I literally cannot watch this. Like, <laughs> it I, is I, I, so cringe. I it is. oh my god, I was embarrassed for him. <laughs> okay, now now let me paint a picture for you here. Okay, it's like eight thirty on a Sunday night. <laughs> I'm sitting on my porch smoking in one hand with a drink in the other. <laughs> and I got tattered work pants on and a tank top and a dog on the couch next to me, okay? Just a Is scene. Is that how Skip did the... Did just, the just, <laughs> just, just, just a scene of absolute class. Like, this is the timeless art of seduction that you're looking at here, okay? <laughs> and I, sitting there in that state, was embarrassed for Skip Bayless. <laughs> I could not believe what I was watching. I'm I like, dude! Stop. Yeah. Just go away. Go away. I know. You should have retired after you finally got Shannon Sharp to admit that Tom Brady was the greatest quarterback of all time. Like, just go away. Go Mic away. drop. <laughs> yeah. That would have been the time. That would have been the time. Who else did you get for that show, though? Who do you bring on? You bring on Nick Wright? To, to battle with Shannon Sharp, what, what do uh, you do? Not to play, not to play, you know, executive here. But Nick you, Wright annoys me. I don't like Nick Wright either. He annoys the crap out of me too. But I feel like you have to be annoying on those kind of shows. Uh, well, you then Skip Bayless is never going to go away. What are you going to? Uh, are you, you going to go get Max Kellerman? Bring him the Fox. I would rather Max Kellerman. I know I would too, but I'm just saying. Uh, I'm, I'm just. I, I'm actually, just throwing this out there. Actually, let's say Skip no, had done I the wouldn't. great thing and actually Mike dropped after that. No, I would. Who would you have gotten for that chair to go against Shannon Sharp? Now I'm just interested. I mean the Rob Parker. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Rob Parker. Well, you said you need someone kinda, annoying, right? No, I know, but Rob Parker. There's a limit. <laughs> you can't be wrong for a decade. There's a reason Rob Parker has kind of like gone away but skip hasn't skip is at least right on some things i mean that that really would be a big middle finger if they got max kellerman that would be hilarious um, kellerman, especially since he was forced out at first take yeah he needs to just stick to boxing I know. <laughs> but who do you who, who Here's the thing i find max kellerman though his takes are clearly just like bro you are reaching for straws you're trying to cause controversy you're yeah. trying to be different no he's he great is, for ratings he is entertaining he is. He's great for ratings. I like Kellerman, actually. I, I find him more entertaining than I found Skip Bayless. No, I thought I thought him and Stephen A together was better. Max and Shop, that's kind of got a good ring to it. Right? May, yeah, maybe. Is there anybody else you could think of that you get for that chair? <sighs> I'm trying to look in Fox. Who are you going to do? No one cares about that show after Cowherd. What is it? It's with uh, uh I have no idea. Yeah, I know. It's like Marcus Wiley and Oh, I mean, here's the thing. There's so many sports talk shows. Oh, I know. With two people, <laughs> sometimes a guest. Um Yeah, but they... we're not one of these dumb debate shows at least. I hate those. No. Shows. I don't like the um shows. that's not like breaking there's, there's the fourth wall. Jaco- Jalen and Jacoby, like I hate that one. Oh, like yeah. I just like Boomer and Cat. Jalen Rose is cool, but like I just look at Jacoby's face and I want Wait to a minute. Kick it. <laughs> Who are those people who do, uh, it's like the only other spot show I'll talk, which is, what is it, Around the Horn? All right. Here's the thing, though. Uh, Will Bond, that was before all of them. Will Bond and Kornheiser. Around the Horn and PTI were like the original, like, 
We're gonna sit down oh, and yeah, just yeah, talk yeah. about stuff. Well, yeah, but yeah, around the horn, like but around that. the horn brings in bit different people every show. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, they rotate. It's you know, Karen you see the same, but it's Jay the one when they hand out points and they have a winner at the end. Yeah. That's around the horn, right? Yeah, yes. Could you get one of the people who goes on there um, maybe to go on? Probably. Yeah. That What's What is J. A. Adande doing? I don't know. I feel like most of them are writers. You know what they'll probably do? He covers basketball, I think. Yeah, I think they're all like writers. They're not really like TV guys. Woody Allen, Woody Page, Woody Page, Woody Page. Be progressive and get a woman. They already have a woman, though. They have a woman as the... Uh, Karen Garigian. The, the sexist pigs. They make her sit there, look pretty, and read the questions. I'll tell you what, that woman's <laughs> a hell no of analysis. a reporter. <laughs> uh, who's that one uh, that like had that was suing ESPN? Oh, I forget her name. They should get her. I like her. Oh, what the hell was That was funny. Steel. Something Steel, isn't cool, it? Because they told her that she wasn't black enough to cover something, or... That's why I, she was, was suing. Was that... Okay, was that specifically it? Yeah. I, I mean, she made comments on a podcast that she got in trouble for. Yeah, but it was her saying that they told her she wasn't black enough. Okay, they should get her. That would be funny. I like her. That'd be hilarious. All right, we, we've gone way off the rails here. <laughs> <laughs> Who do we replace Skip Bayless with? Yeah. Uh, clearly, clearly we're not on Skip's side on this. All right, guys, last break. We're going to get into some socks talk before we do our Tommy and Darwin. As always, stick with us, guys. Slow your roll. Me and Jesse still get along for now. In a few years, I'm sure they'll, you know, let's let's have a stupid feud about something. Let's have some, someone's gonna someone ask take me. the credit. When someone, someone's going to ask me, how did you guys start that yeah, podcast? Yeah, it'll be like Bayless. And, uh, and I'm going to say, Dom came to me and says, I can't do this without you. And Dom's going to be like, uh, I carried that whole thing. <laughs> Screw my brother over there. <laughs> Jesse's right. going to do like a video interview. <laughs> Some live stream thing. <laughs> His story is incredulous. <laughs> Smacking the papers around. <laughs> I'm going to be the old man with the. I comments. was writing for the Yaki Way at the time. <laughs> now, what was he I'm doing? Not, what was he doing? <laughs> I'm not saying he wasn't a contributor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was, I was high fiving Patrice Bergeron. Yeah. Talking to Nick Foligno in the streets. <laughs> what well, war was going on between Celtics fans behind me? All right. Whew. But the Red Sox <laughs> took two and three from the Cardinals. Sox talk. Four and two. Nick Pavetta, after being terrible to start the season. He's been the best pitcher since. He looks like one of the best pitchers in baseball over the past month now. So how long can he keep this up, Jesse? Until the end of time. Uh <laughs> Clearly, we are seeing the dawn of a new age in which uh, Nick Pavetta is an ace. Guides guides MLB to new ratings never seen before. Um, here's the thing: I like Nick Pavetta, and I've said that before. I like him as a fifth starter. 
Yeah. I feel like that's a peak. That's a peak where you got some. You got some. Uh, he might be a little better than a fifth. He's looking like it. <laughs> um, and it's like, how long can he keep this up? This is like he's made. No- All right, I'm gonna give you some stats real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is from Jared Carabas mm-hmm. uh, on the, on the Twitterverse. Since May 7th, he's made nine starts. He's first in MLB in wins. He's got seven. Fifth in ERA, 1.77. Fourth in WHIP, 0.84. Second in innings, 61 innings. Uh, second in strikeouts, 61. Uh, out of 73 starters who qualify. So he's been doing this for about a, almost a month and a half now. Month, month, month and a half. Um, and now you think, like, it's got to come. And, like... Every time I see him pitch, I'm like, well, it's, this is the one. This mm-hmm. is the one. He's going he's gonna to get torched. He's going to go back. He's going to go level out again, be an average pitcher at best. And, like, sure, that's fine. But, like, he just keeps – I don't know. He's just in the zone. And you can see it when he pitches. Mm-hmm. He was so fired up coming off the mound last night, especially when um, – I think it was the seventh inning. He struck out the side, yeah. um, screaming when he slaps his chest when he comes off the mound. Like, that I, That could just be the thing that's driving. He's found it. He's found his, his zone, his attitude. And, like, he has to fall off, right? Right? But at the same time, I watched Rick Purcello win a Cy Young. Mm-hmm. And I watched him be in the zone and win, I think it was 22 games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, he could he keep this going the rest of the year? Yeah, maybe. Could he? I don't want to say he could be in the Cy Young conversation. But then again, I never said Rick Purcello would ever be in the Cy Young conversation. I feel like that's a silly thing. But I guess it's possible if this was going on for a month and a half. But, like, Nick Pavetta seems to be developing into a real, really good middle-of-the-rotation pitcher right before our eyes. And I don't want to be too hype about it because I know the bottoms that he can hit where he's got an ERA of, like, seven over the course of five straight starts. Mm. But, like, he can't go back and – he can't do what Matt Barnes did last year, right? Mm. He can't just be a liability. He's got to, like – sure, he'll level out. You can't keep up a 1.77 ERA for the rest of the year. You're not DeGrom. Mm-hmm. Like, but at the same time, I keep saying it's going to be this start and it's this start. And now we're at, we're close to July and he's still keeping it going. Mm. So, yeah, I think he can to a degree, obviously. He'll fall off now that you said that. <laughs> of course. I, I said, I said Curry last week was never going to have a bad game. And that's <laughs> that game that night. <laughs> Was a, the worst game I've ever maybe seen him play in the finals. I, I'll say this with Pavetta. I, I I do think you don't give him quite enough credit. I think he's better than the fifth. I think he's a solid third starter for a team. Solid, not not elite, but but a good third starter. Maybe he could be better. I mean, he 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 was he had some decent. He was decently regarded in Philadelphia. Sometimes it takes guys even longer than you think to figure it out. So maybe maybe there's another echelon he hadn't hit yet that he could be hitting now. I don't know. Probably not. But maybe. His fastball command has been sensational. His ability to work up in the zone with the fastball, I think, has been has been the biggest difference that I've seen over the past, you know, month and a half. Whereas, you know, obviously that's the new thing now with, with guys, you know, caring about launch angle and all that kind of stuff, work them up in the zone. But that doesn't mean everyone can execute it. And it's a dangerous pitch if you don't execute it because usually when you miss, you're missing out over the middle of the plate, right? You're missing out in the middle of the zone. So you have to be able to execute it. And he's been executing at a very, very good level, it seems like, for the last month, month and a half now. Um, I think he only needs – we just need to keep have him keep this up for the next two or three weeks because 
they had another winning record this week. They took two or three from the Cardinals. It's going to catch up to them sooner or later right now with the guys that they're on the deal. You saw Cutter Crawford get lit up hmm. in the Saturday start against the Cardinals, okay? But he's going to have to probably come out there and pitch again in another five days. The kid Winovich uh, had a good outing his last outing. But again, they need Sale back or they need Evaldi back. They need someone back soon. So if Pavetta can just keep this up for another like two to three weeks, Boston's in business, in my opinion, anyway. I mean, half a game back of the Rays right now. I know. Still 13 and a half back of the Yankees, but... Well, listen, nothing is going to cool the Yankees off until the All-Star break, I guess. It seems that way. It's ridiculous. I can't imagine they can keep it up, but it seems like they need the All-Star break in order to cool them off. Maybe. Maybe. They're just in, they're just in the yeah, zone as a team. Hopefully that will cool them off. I hope so. Because I don't think... I don't know of anything else that seems to. I know. But, yeah, I... Just two, three more weeks like this out of Pavetta will be okay. But the shorthand in this is going to come back to bite them sooner or later right now. Because mm. we saw Crawford get lit up against the Cardinals. I wouldn't be surprised if Winovich in his next start gets lit up or something like that. So they need this right now from Pavetta. And uh, just a few more weeks, man, just hold on. <laughs> I mean, we've been asking, like, I feel like this question about the rotation the entire year. Mm-hmm. Can Waka keep this up? Um, like... Is, is the long ball going to catch up with the Evaldi? Like, he still pitched good. He's just got a long ball problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet the, that, that starting rotation still... It's, yeah, it they're is, chugging along. Yeah, it's it's surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing I'm going to say, Jeter Downs was just called up. You know, Let's see if one of these guys, another one of these guys is going to pan out from the Mookie trade. That would be nice if, if Downs can and pan out too. I would like to see him get some serious playing time. What do we think about Bobby D? I know we talked about um, last week. You don't think they'll bench him anytime soon. Do they need to bench him, though? Because I think it's time. Uh, I mean, maybe. Because here's the thing. When they brought in Schwarber last year, mm-hmm. we, we we really liked Bobby down the stretch. Mm-hmm. But his playing time was also cut quite a bit. Yes. So maybe that's... Maybe that's what it'll take again. Like he'll, he, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm losing it here. I'm losing my job. Like let's, let's, let's focus in. Maybe that's what it takes. He just, he needs to get disciplined every once in a while to focus it back in and be a better, certainly a better player than he's played. Um, but also like you know, just not having those as bats every day that can really take the pressure off somebody. Um, like all right, like. I'm not. I don't have to be the guy right now. I can just play a little of my game, and then it's, it's a good way to maybe mm-hmm. just like help a guy get a swing back and stuff like that. So I mean, Bobby seems to always have been a better player in the major leagues when he's not the starter. So mm. this is probably could really be for the best because at this point, like, I mean, he he has hit slightly better this past couple of games. He had a good series against the Angels. He had a couple hits against the Cardinals. Um, he had a dreadful at bat in a spot where they just needed to put the ball in play and get a run yesterday, though, against Cabrera. He's not a clutch hitter. At all. Oh my gosh! He it's is, not even about clutch. He just put the ball in play, bro. Nah, he he. <laughs> well, he. I mean, he is just a. I mean, they didn't he, need he built like a power hitter. They did not need a hit. Just fly out. No, to but like field. he's built like a power hitter, which means he's going to strike out a lot. I know, but even power hitters aren't as bad as he is sometimes. <laughs> he's excessively bad, man. I mean, that average is, is hovering around the Mendoza line and he's played all season. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, he's just, he's not an every, he's. He might not be an everyday player. 
My question now is, what is it what we talked about yesterday? Frenchie goes to first. Yesterday? I mean, last week. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, like, And Duran or Ref Snyder out in the outfield. I mean, Downs is a middle infielder or a third baseman. I can't see him playing first, even though they might like the kid to get some, some ABs. Yeah. I don't see them moving him to first. Unless he's played more first that I don't know about, but I don't think he has. I, I, don't, I don't think so. No. Rob Ref Snyder's hitting pretty well, though, since they've had him play in the outfield. So I don't know yeah. if it'll be Ref Snyder or Duran. But uh, I mean, I would I'm, not mind. I, I, I'm all about moving Cordero to first at this point and having Bobby sit. Yeah, because your outfield is, I mean, you know, Kike's out, but your outfield is pretty crowded right now mm-hmm. with uh, Cordero. I know we don't consider him much of it anymore, but Martinez, mm-hmm. um, Bradley, Duran, Vertugo, and Ref Snyder. And, like, you know, eventually Hernandez will be back. So, mm. so I mean, moving then Frankie to first base is – could free up some at bats for Duran and Ref Snyder to give him a chance, more of a chance. When is uh, Kiki due back? Because now I'm wondering, like who who goes? Uh, I mean, what I, if Ref Snyder and Duran are both hitting? I think you'll probably do. I mean, right now I think you should do Ref Snyder mm-hmm. because he is the hotter one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like when he's back, you should just ride whatever the hottest bat is at the time. Mm. I gotcha. But you're gonna have to send someone down to Worcester. Yeah, that's what I mean. Whoever whoever's the colder of the two, even if they're both hot. Oh okay. like, just Yeah. Do you but like again, hey man, you you're raking, you but sorry, he's doing a little bit better. No, know? no. You don't so you don't think they're gonna do it, but do you think they need to do it? Do you think it's time to sit Bobby down? Uh I I guess because Frankie is He's Frenchy. producing. Yeah. Frank, Frenchie's producing. Yeah, and he's not I mean He's not going to do that much worse than Bobby at first. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 you we, you know we had this con- same conversation last year. It's just like you got no one to play first. Mm-hmm. Get I guess the hottest bat you can to just be a pylon over there, and hopefully they'll somewhat adapt the position. <laughs> so and hey, Schwarber was very entertaining over there. Yes. Maybe maybe Frankie can develop a personality and be a guy over there, and mm. that'll help his bat also. They're gonna confidence, have to f- confidence helps. <clears throat> well, they have some big baseball coming up. Uh, they got Detroit and Cleveland was not a big deal, but then they'll have three against Toronto, and they end with three against Tampa, four against the Yankees, four against Tampa, and then three against the Yankees again before the All-Star break. Mm. So... You need the hottest hand there, and if Bobby's still hitting like that, once we get to that stretch, man, can I? I, I want to push a different button here. I, you you got to try something else, in my opinion. Even yeah, if I mean, well, even if it's not a permanent fix, maybe maybe at the deadline we're talking about they're looking for a bat at first base, but they got to they've got to push a different button here within the next week or two, in my opinion. Sure, I mean, yeah, that line back of the lineup right now falls off bad. Well, this is also like. This is your chance to leapfrog those teams in front of you. You're not catching the Yankees in this time. You don't. No. You don't play them enough. They're just way too hot. And it's not enough games. And between that and the All Star break, but you can't lose more ground. Yeah, but you you can also you're half a game behind the Rays. You can jump the Rays. You can you're not far behind Toronto. You mm-hmm. can you can put yourself in a, a great wild card spot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think give them to like the end of the Toronto series, maybe the Chicago series, because then you got the Tampa Yankees, Tampa, Tampa Yankees, Tampa Yankees. Mm-hmm. And like, 
those are not to say the Toronto game isn't as important, but like you have four straight series <laughs> against the people teams you're are ahead of you. Yeah, the teams you're competing in the division with, like it's like all right, Bobby. Basically, like July first. Okay. We like setting dates for the Sox on this show. It seems like. Yes, yeah. <laughs> All right, but July first, we'll see. We'll see. That's the time, maybe, to to make the change, push the different button, and sit Bobby down. All right. He has to be producing in some way. If the average doesn't get better, put up the uh, the RBIs and power numbers, and then he could be all right. He's an instant offense guy. Whatever. That's something. Mm-hmm. Um, or if he just can start hitting. Yeah. Exactly. All right. With that, we're getting ready to wrap things up here. Tommy, report Jesse real quick. All right. Let me go to the Twitter. Let me see what he's been up to. Because, to be honest, it hasn't been much. He's been pretty quiet, especially after last week's bizarre Tommy report. Well, did he, I thought he made a quote where he said, like, this is his last year in Tampa, and his fire to compete is going to go out soon. I didn't see that. Yeah, he did. No, I just saw him posting abs for, like, his company again, and then one was about Hertz. Um, but no, I did not hear that. I mean, we knew this was his last season in Tampa. Yeah. Like, we knew he wasn't going to come back. Like, I think maybe he'll play again. Although that huge contract with Fox makes me think otherwise. No, I don't think he will. I think he's done after this season, no matter what. Mm. I think he wanted to go to Miami, but I think it didn't happen. That ship has sailed. He wanted to like, be with Sean Payton, but I think I think it just it didn't happen. And I don't think he cares enough to go on another year. To just hope maybe it happens. So. Could you yeah. imagine that? If he was with Sean Payton. Oh. I would love it. In Tampa, or uh, Miami. Yeah. Doesn't he have to move that far? I know. If at all. With Tyreek and, uh, what's his name there? Jalen Waddle. Yeah, Jalen Waddle. Holy crap. I know. And Mike Gesicki, who yeah. is not <clears throat> an awful tight end. Uh, yeah, no. no. And he could just flip Belichick <clears throat> off every, you know, twice <laughs> a year. <laughs> yeah, he'd like, give him the finger. I have Sean Payton and Tyreek and Waddle. All right. So that has been the Tommy Report. We are ready to finish this up, guys. Darwin Award. Drum roll, please. This week's Darwin Award winner. Professional troll. Cringeworthy <laughs> takes. Skip Bayless is our Darwin Award winner. And not even for the feud, actually. He was going to be the Darwin Award winner no matter what. Because he has been one of the most critical Steph haters for a while. And I thought he just looked stupid after the series trying to argue with Shannon Sharp on Undisputed and on his Twitter and all those other stuff, you know. He would put out things during the series. Steph finally had one bad game. Skip Bayless was all over it. This is Steph. He's going to choke away this series. This is what I'm talking about. Fourth quarter, Steph sucks. Blah, blah, blah. Forgetting that he had carried them to that game even to start with. And then it didn't matter because Golden State won that game anyway and won the next game and Steph played sensational. Responded just fine. And Skip just looks like uh, someone who can't... Listen, at least Kellerman took him forever. But at least he admitted he was wrong on Brady. Skip just... Uh, he won't admit it when, when, he's, when he's looking stupid. I can't emphasize this enough. I hope Bruce Cassidy drags his balls across the Bruins' face. <laughs> What does that have the to do? way the way that Steph Curry <laughs> just dragged his across Skip Bayless's face. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, are you? Su- he also are you went. He also went into the this playoff thing, saying that Durant was better. Durant ranks better all time, and Durant and Curry needed Durant. Durant got swept out of the playoffs, and Steph Curry has won his second ring without Durant. Well, I mean, Skip was Max Kellerman before Max Kellerman. 
I think Max Kellerman tries a little too hard to make a name for himself, and he goes a little too hard now. But, like, Skip Bayless was always just annoying about it. Oh, yeah, he's so obnoxious. Um, and he's just thought he was so smart with his ridiculous takes. And it's like, bro, what are you talking about? It's like, you're out of your mind. We can all see through what you're trying but to do. But he's sitting there. He's a, Like I said, he's a professional troll. Well, he's also, like... He's not bad at his job at the same time. No. So he's sitting there professionally putting out his argument, saying the dumbest things anyone's ever said in his life, but sounding smart while he does it. And it's like, bro, shut up. <laughs> like, you're literally, you are, and it's it. I know he's not an idiot, but it's the same, th it's like I said, it's about the same thing about Max Comic. You have to say the thing because then people will talk about you, even if it's stupid. Mm -hmm. I have to make a ridiculous take that just differs from everyone else's. And is like so beyond stupid because it's just, they'll talk about me. But I'm okay with that as long as you can admit eventually once they they make you wrong. But he, it just looked, he takes it to a point where I honestly think he takes it personally though. Like he took it, yeah, it seemed like I think it was he takes a lot of things personally. <laughs> because it seemed personal on Undisputed when he's trying to salvage his argument. It, it was just so ridiculous. I think he, you know what? I mean, I'm not a psychologist. But I feel like a lot of people with massive egos have really have low self-esteem. Mm. So when I see an old man wearing a tank top trying to show off his old wrinkly guns, I think this man does, is very easily offended. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But all he I was, know is... He was offended is by his former co-worker telling a story about like, oh, Skip came to me and said like, yeah, we're going to try to take the show to the next level and it's going to be great. I know. But he's he like, what did you say? I said... I would never say that. <laughs> well, he also was then insinuating that Stephen A. had had taken credit for the rise of, which like mm. Stephen never said actually. Well, in the like story. you know what, Stephen A. should, <laughs> because uh, who gave a damn about first take before Stephen A. Who gave a damn about Skip Bayless again before right now? I know, but anyway, he looked dumb trying to argue his step stuff, and like I said, he said before the playoffs that Durant, that Curry needed Durant, and Durant didn't need Curry. Well. To be relevant, Skip Bayless needs Stephen A. Maybe. Maybe. But anyway, all right. Congratulations to our Darwin Award winner, Skip Bayless. Hey, congratulations. That, that has been it this what a week, week for, you. for Slow Your Roll. Stanley Cup Finals tonight. Let's see if Tampa rebounds. And by the way, guys, if you want to follow us on anything, at Slow Your Roll on Instagram, Slow Your Roll on Twitter, where we post stuff from the shows, clips from the shows on Instagram as well, and Slow Your Roll Dot com. Have a great rest of your week, ladies and gentlemen. Brian, thank you as always. Pleasure. And, and I take all the credit for the show, Jesse. Jesse didn't <laughs> make this at all. These claims are incredulous. <laughs> <laughs>